In our last two sessions, we have talked about what happened after the resurrection of Jesus. We looked at both his resurrection appearances over the period of 40 days after he rose from the dead when he appeared to his disciples and taught them about the kingdom, as Acts chapter 1 tells us in those early verses. And then we also looked at the ascension and session of Christ in our previous session. We looked at the fact that Jesus ascended into heaven after that period of 40 days and that there he is seated at God's right hand. And those two things are uh, connected, of course, and significant. And that's what we talked about last time. Now, today, we're going to finish our brief little series on what happened after the resurrection by talking about the day of Pentecost. And we find that story in Acts chapter 2, but we need to set it up by looking once again at Acts chapter 1. So in Acts chapter 1, starting in verse 4, Jesus tells his disciples that uh, the promise of the Holy Spirit is near right so Acts chapter 1 beginning verse 4 it says and while staying with them he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem but to wait for the promise of the Father which he said you heard from me for John baptized with water but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now so the promise of the gift of the Spirit Jesus says is coming soon you heard me talk about it John the Baptist talked about it, and it's coming uh, soon, right? Or he says, John baptized with water, but you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, John did talk about that, right? If we go to Luke chapter 3, for example, and verse 16, it says, John answered them all, saying, I baptize you with water, but he who is mightier than I is coming, the strap of whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So John the Baptist had promised that Jesus would baptize with the Holy Spirit. Now Jesus, after his resurrection, is telling his disciples, not many days from now, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And uh, Jesus, even before his death and resurrection, had told his disciples that he would send the Spirit. We see this in um, John chapter 4. 14 and 15 and 16, Jesus talks a lot about the Holy Spirit. And in particular, in chapter 14, verses 16 to 18, he tells them, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. So Jesus says, I will ask the Father, and the Father will send you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth. That's the Holy Spirit. So John the Baptist said Jesus would baptize with the Holy Spirit. Jesus, before his death, promised that he would ask the Father to send the Spirit, and that the Spirit would be in his disciples. And now, after his death and resurrection in Acts 1, he tells the disciples, stay here in Jerusalem because not many days from now you are going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, right? So, uh, and then in uh, Acts chapter 1 verse 8, Jesus says what, uh, what the gift of the Spirit is going to enable them to do, right? He says in verse 8 of Acts 1, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you 
and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And in fact, that is what we see in the rest of the book of Acts. Not only that the gospel is preached in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth, but we see the evidence of power at work in the disciples, that the Holy Spirit empowers them to preach boldly, even in the face of persecution, to preach clearly, to make the connection between Christ uh, and the uh, promises of the Old Testament, to see that Jesus is in fact the Messiah, and so on. So Jesus tells them that's what is coming next, and then we see that come to pass in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost, where Jesus does indeed baptize his uh, disciples with the Holy Spirit. So Acts chapter 2 says this, when the day of Pentecost arrived, and Pentecost was uh, another feast day for the Jews, like uh, Passover was, and uh, it says, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So remember, Jesus said, you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, and now we're told they have been filled with the Holy Spirit. This is the fulfillment of Jesus' promise from the chapter right before, that this is what's happening on this day. And they're able to speak by the Spirit. They're able to speak um, in these other tongues. right? And here's what they do with that. Verse 5 says, Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. So there are Jews from all over the world were in Jerusalem at that time. And it says, And at this sound, the multitude came together and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in his own native language? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene and visitors from Rome, Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians. And here's what they're saying. We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. So the people are amazed at what's happening, trying to figure out what's going on. How is it that all these men from Galilee are speaking all these different languages and uh, they, what they're hearing them say in these languages is, is talk about the great things that God has done. And so it goes on, verse 12, And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others mocking said, They are filled with new wine. So the a crowd has gathered, the apostles are preaching in different languages, the disciples are, and um, the, and that's because the Spirit has come upon them, just like Jesus promised. And so the crowd that is gathered is trying to figure out what is going on. Some of them think these guys must be drunk. But Peter stands up to explain what is happening. Right, and this is significant. So listen to this. Verse 14. But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. For these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. 
But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. All right, so first of all, Peter says it's not that they're drunk, right? It's too early in the morning for that. They're not drunk. Here's what's happening. What is happening right now, what you are witnessing and experiencing is what Joel, the prophet Joel, spoke about. He's going to quote from Joel 2. Here's what he says. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. All right, so Peter's saying the prophecy of Joel is coming to pass. That God is pouring out his spirit on all kinds of people. And the old is a part why this is significant is because in the Old Testament, only certain people were given the gift of the Holy Spirit, and they were given the Spirit for a particular task and uh, perhaps even for a particular period of time. For example, um, the Holy Spirit left King Saul at one point, right, and came upon King David. That's why David prays, uh, Lord, take not your spirit from me in one of his Psalms. Um, we see the Spirit um, uh, filling uh, I think it's Bezalel, one of the men in the uh, in the Old Testament, um, who was gifted by God to build the tabernacle. Uh, Oholiab and Bezalel, at least one of those men, was said to be filled with the Spirit. Um, so certain people for certain tasks, even certain times perhaps, receive the Spirit. But by no means uh, did all the people of God receive the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. But now that changes. Starting with Acts chapter 2, the prophecy is being fulfilled that now God is going to pour out His Spirit on all flesh. That doesn't mean every single person, right? But He mentions sons and daughters, young men, old men, male servants, female servants, meaning all kinds of people, all classes of people, old people, young people, uh, male and female people, even servants, right? God's going to pour out His Spirit upon them. So that's what Peter says is happening. And then we're going to skip a few verses, and then he goes into talking about uh, Jesus and what has happened to Jesus. Uh, so verse 22, Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, the man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know, this Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. He goes on to talk about not only Jesus' death, but also Jesus' resurrection. And how his resurrection was prophesied by uh, David in Psalm 16. And how we know that David was not talking about himself, but why he was talking about uh, the Christ, right, who is Jesus. And then we get to uh, the resurrection. Verse 32 says, This Jesus God raised up, and of that we all are witnesses. And then he says, being therefore exalted at the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. Now, don't miss this. Okay, Peter is not only saying that the reason the disciples are speaking in all these different languages is because God has fulfilled the promise and prophecy through the prophet Joel that he would pour out his spirit on all flesh, he goes on to say, Jesus 
whom you crucified, whom God raised up, has been exalted to heaven, and that Jesus you killed, he is the one who has poured out the Holy Spirit upon us. Right? And he says, um, for David himself, or excuse me, he says, um, for David did not ascend into the heavens, but he himself says, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. So Jesus is in heaven at God's right hand, just like David talked about. That wasn't about David either. It was about David's son, right? Jesus was ascended from David according to the flesh. Uh, and so that's about the Messiah, Jesus. He has ascended to heaven. He's at God's right hand. So he says, let all the house of Israel know, therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. So though Jesus has ascended into heaven and is seated at God's right hand, he is by no means uh, detached and indifferent to his church. He's not abandoned his disciples. He is still active. He is still involved. And here in Acts chapter 2, he is the one who is pouring out the gift of the Spirit. Having received it from the Father, received the Spirit from the Father, he has poured it out on his disciples. And it's not just for those original disciples either, because listen to what happens next. Verse 37. This is where we'll close. It says, Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. Notice that the gift of the Holy Spirit is for everyone God calls to himself. Everyone who repents and believes, everyone who's baptized in the name of Jesus, right? Everyone who becomes a Christian, in other words, um, they receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And that's why Paul can say in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 to the church at Ephesus, In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. John the Baptist promised that Jesus would baptize with the Spirit. Jesus promised before his death that he would ask the Father to send the Helper, the Holy Spirit, to his disciples. Just before he ascended into heaven, he told them, the promise of the Spirit is coming soon. He's going to empower you, and you're going to be my witnesses all throughout the world. And then on the day of Pentecost, Jesus poured out the Spirit from his place at the Father's right hand in heaven. His disciples uh, began to speak in all kinds of languages so that people who were dwelling uh, in Jerusalem at that time from all over the world could hear about God and what he had done. Peter preached about Jesus, that he was the Messiah, that he was crucified, that he was risen, that he was at God's right hand, that he was the one who gave the Holy Spirit, and that everyone who repented and turned to Jesus and was baptized in his name would receive the gift of of that same Holy Spirit, that God himself would come to dwell in them. The story doesn't end after the resurrection of Jesus. Jesus is still alive and he is still at work. He has poured out the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit dwells in each and every believer. And one day Jesus is going to return and we will get to dwell with him in the new heavens and the new earth. Let's not forget the rest of the story. God bless.